Two KG Sports Minds have created a podcast to answer one very important question. What's the spread? Now here are your hosts, Brad Thomas and Miles Markowitz. Welcome in. Thanks for joining us. Today we get to talk about my favorite conference, the SEC. Oh, wait, no. Oh, oh, I thought you were about to show some love to the boys. It's the Big Ten. I'm going to let you get on your soapbox for the majority of this, but I do have some things to say, so I am excited. All right, so everyone knows how we feel about the Big Ten. We, we love to talk about the SEC and these two big conferences. Safe to say, these are still the two best conferences in the country. Yes. The difference with the Big Ten this year is that the West has gotten so much stronger and so much more competitive yes. that there are legitimately, legitimately six out of the seven teams in the West could win the division this year. I believe it. But over in the East, what hasn't changed is that there's still only four teams who could win the division. It's the Big Four in Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State. They still run the conference in my eyes. Yeah. But in... I think there's a couple teams out of the West who could definitely challenge for that spot. Totally fair. Let's go top to bottom. Depending on who you're looking at, what you're reading, where you're going, Ohio State and Michigan are pretty much interchangeable favorites at this point. If you're listening to ESPN, you're listening to the media, you would think that Michigan would be the favorite. Well, in our ratings, they're sitting at plus 200. Ohio State is still the favorite at plus 155. Yes. Let's start with the Buckeyes. Wow. Let's start with the bus guy. The bus guy. <laughs> Damn, you guys are gonna bust. Yeah, That's like that. fucked up. <laughs> no, let's talk with the Buckeyes. Yes. When I think about the Buckeyes this year, I think about electricity. And nothing is were electric last year. But guys, remember the name Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. I, I was, you know, when new players come into teams, especially five stars who I'm not familiar with. I do one of my favorite things ever in this look at tape. So first I look at high school tape. But he has spring game experience. If anybody who watched his spring game already knows this guy is going to be a stud. You know what I've heard comparisons to? Who I've heard comparisons to? Please tell me. Odell Beckham Jr. Not bad. And that is all in thanks in part to Brian Harline, our wide receivers coach, who is slowly turning into one of the best recruiters in the country putting together some of the best offensive talent on the field. There is no doubt that Ohio State is still coming out with the best offense in the Big Ten this year. As much as everybody wants to talk about Michigan, a lot of chatter about Nebraska, but guys, Ohio State is the best offense in this conference. Here's the thing. Ohio State's ceiling for this offense is in the sky. It's through the roof. It's all about how far Justin Fields is going to take them, but he's got all the weapons he would ever want. I mean, with J.K. Dobbins back there, Justin Fields really only has to score 35 touchdowns to, to, to be even in that Heisman conversation. And Dobbins is ready to take the workhorse role. Yes. Last year, he took a bit of a step back. He was splitting carries. It was the Haskins show last year. Yep. Remember that. But with Fields' running ability, I think that's going to open up Dobbins a little bit more this year. It actually, you know, Fields came into a pretty good situation because... Everyone's going to be like comparing his offensive prowess to that of Dwayne Haskins, but he's more mobile of a quarterback, more athletic. He's not going to have to make the big throws. He's not going to have to stand and bang in the pocket because he'll be able to escape pressure, which for him, that's a great situation to come into. And my favorite guy that he has to throw to is my favorite player on the team this year in KJ Hill. This kid is ready to be the playmaking wide receiver on this team. 
some of the catches that he's made over over the years, some of the plays that he's made. I mean, you can put him in the slot. You can put him on the outside. Yes. Slant. I, I mean, this kid can do it all. You can give it to him out of the backfield. Another guy I'm really excited about, if anybody watched the Ohio State-Michigan game last year, it was Chris Alave who came onto the scene out of nowhere, showing just how much speed that we have on that side of the ball. Yep. Over on the defensive side of the ball, Chase Young, it's going to improve. Oh, my and God. And Chase Young, with a good season, think about how high Nick Bosa went, and yeah. he missed the entire second half yep. of the season. If Chase Young plays the entire year and is as dominant as I know he's going to be, he could be the number one overall pick in Easily. the Easily. Like a no-brainer number one overall pick. Starts with Chase Young, and it starts with improvement in the linebacking core, uh, leadership in the secondary with Jordan Fuller, and just a new system under Greg Mattinson that's going to be much more aggressive. It, it, the defense needed a culture change. Yes, absolutely. The last thing I'm going to say about Ohio State is the coaching change with Ryan Day. Everyone seems to feel that Ohio State's going to take a step back this year, and I understand why. But Urban Meyer left a machine running in Columbus. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now, they're not backing down from anybody this year. I cannot, personally, I just cannot wait to see how these kids are going to respond to this new regime and to this new culture. It's going to be exciting. going to be very exciting. Winners was the last three of, out of five Big Ten championships, something like that? Yeah, uh, we're trying to become the first three-time winner ever non-shared. Non-shared. So, like, so, so the first three-peat, Yep. outright Big Ten champion ever. We'll see if it can happen. All right, so we got Michigan as the big competitor, obviously, right? We got Jim Harbaugh. This is the year, right? This is the year. If Michigan cannot get it done this year, then where is the program? A great defense. Let's just go ahead and say a great defense. Always but a top 10 defense. How often is Michigan going to just reload? Like, I mean, they lost Chase, Chase Winovich, Rashawn Gary, David Long, um, who am I forgetting? Devin Bush, they're <laughs> how do I explain this? They're gonna be in some situations this year where they're gonna have to rely on Josh Gaddis and Shea Patterson combination without having one of the best running backs in the country. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because you're the one who pointed this out to me and had mentioned it before that losing Higdon and Chris Evans, yes. like losing that, that backfield, that tandem. I think they're going to feel that a lot more than they think because it's also going to put way too much pressure on Shea Patterson. Absolutely. Uh, and I saw him struggle at times in big games last year. I saw him struggle at times under pressure. And right now, Harbaugh is formatting. He's letting Gaddis kind of roll with it. Yeah. And it, it's all about Patterson. But you, you know what I'm thinking about, Brad? What about next year? What about the year after that? Where is Harbaugh's identity going, and where is it now? It's going to be interesting, because I also do think that Dylan McCaffrey will be a better quarterback than Shea Patterson. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. Um, but it, it's I was surprised when, I, when I've been reading how much control Harbaugh's giving Gaddis. Like, he's giving full autonomy to, to, to mold this offense into what he wants. And that's supposed to take him to the next level. You know, those are where all the expectations are coming from. And I think that the Big Ten does run through Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about the Wolverines before we move on? Only one more statement. Uh, they get both Michigan State and Ohio State at home. Uh, huge because I think those are the other two players in the conference uh, for championship-wise. Two big home games. Uh, I will also remind everybody that they have to go at Penn State, and it's going to be a wideout. At Penn State. So they're going to have one of the, tef- the one of the toughest road games at Wisconsin. in the country. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so how about uh, a little surprise next? And this is another one that, that that I've seen near the top, near the middle. But we've got Nebraska at plus 900 odds to win the conference. A lot of hype around Scott Frost 
and the Cornhuskers this year. I think that in year two, Scott Frost is ready to take a huge step forward. I think that the Cornhuskers are going to start a three, four-year period where they completely disrupt this West Division because this West Division has been in a lull. Boring. Ever since it became the West Division. Yeah. There's been nobody to really disrupt things here, and it's it's going to be the Cornhuskers. It's going to be Nebraska. The biggest indicator that Nebraska is on the rise, and I've got this written down, they had a five-point loss at Ohio State last year. Just a five-point loss. I was at that game. They were in it from the beginning to the end. In the two years prior, Nebraska lost to Ohio State 56-14 to and 62-3. to This program was playing their best football at the end of the year last yep. year. And so was Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez, absolutely. Adrian Martinez, 26, 26, over 2,600 yards, uh, 17 through the touchdowns through the air, eight rushing. But what really stuck out to me when talking about Nebraska here, if you look at the crossover games for the for the uh, West, they have the easiest of the contenders. Very favorable. Uh, Northwestern has to play Michigan State, Ohio State at Indiana. Um, Wisconsin is uh, versus Michigan, versus Michigan State at, at Ohio State. And then let's even just throw in... Iowa at Michigan versus Penn State. Then you let's go to Nebraska versus Ohio State. Indiana at Maryland. Like, come on. Yeah, Indiana and Maryland should be two easy conference wins. Yes. And you get Ohio State at home. Yeah. So, really favorable crossover schedule. They're going to have as many as six senior starters in the front seven. A lot to figure out on defense, uh, and they will get there. But it's the excitement. It's, it's the excitement. It's the, definitely. It's the change in play style. It's it, it, it it's this kind of play style that's going to challenge the Iowa and the Wisconsin. Do you think that it's going to be an expectation-filled season? That might be the only thing that will hinder them. It could. Uh, it, it absolutely could because they're. Uh, you think about the top ten programs in college football with the highest expectations year in and year out, and Nebraska is on that list. Yep. And now that they've got some hype and and, and some talk going with them, all the pressure is up. But and keeping in mind, when Scott Frost did at UCF, there was no pressure. There was no pressure, and UCF was six and seven. They finished six and seven his first season, thirteen and zero in his second season. Nebraska was three and six last season. So, what is going to happen? Is do you think they could run the table? I don't think so, but I think a ten win season here is doable. I, I I think it is too, and I don't think that it's overhyped. With, with I think their schedule sets up for it. Yes, uh, I think Adrian Martinez is that good. Yep. as long as he stays healthy, this kid completed sixty five percent of his passes last year as a true freshman, and he was hurt half hurt. the year. Yeah, Frost knew that he had his quarterback. Yeah, so trust me when I say he's been working with him. Uh, very Mackenzie Milton-like. I can see that, or I can really see Adrian Martinez emerging here. All right, uh, in the middle tier uh, next, we've got four teams. They're all sitting with plus 1,200 odds. Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Purdue. Let's start with James Franklin and Penn State. Losing Trace McSorley and Miles Sanders is going to be huge. It hurts. It hurts. Uh, and, you know, anytime you lose a program-defining player like Trace yeah. McSorley was, I mean, there, there, there's definitely going to be some turnover. But, as James Franklin would tell you, it's the elite programs that are able to do that. Absolutely. Quite possibly James Franklin's best defense at Penn State coming in, which not a lot of people are talking about. Were they returning six starters? I can't remember off the top of my head. I yeah, think it was like six, six, seven starters, yeah. somewhere in that range. Uh, most of them, all of them, four-star recruits. We got about three five-star recruits in there, I believe. Franklin's been recruiting, guys. Uh, uh, just Yeah, he's a great coach, a great recruiter. Right, and if it wasn't for... 
I mean, a heartbreaking loss to to my Buckeyes two years ago. I mean, it, there's been so many times where, like Georgia, yep. they've been right there in the playoff picture, but no one really pays attention when it gets to the end of the year and they're out of it. We got Sean Clifford and Ricky Slade taking over the backfield, taking over the offense. Yep. I don't know how I feel about Clifford yet. Very highly touted coming out of high school. It's going to be very interesting. It's going <laughs> to... I don't know if I'm reading this team right or reading the elite program statement right where I think it's just going to be that easy. Like, I think, I'm thinking they're going to be like an eight win team. Am I wrong in that assessment? I can't say that you are. I mean, I would say that eight wins is their floor. And I think I think that they can yeah. get, that they can get to ten eleven. Yeah, they can get there. But I'm just like, I'm but just especially not very high. you know, very very similar to the SEC, the SEC West. You know, the Big Ten East is still very difficult. Um, so you know, so so it's still a tough schedule. And then you've got that crossover schedule with emerging programs in Purdue and Minnesota, and you've got Iowa as well. So it's no joke. Yeah. All right, Wisconsin at plus twelve hundred. I Wisconsin is a team that really intrigues me because just two years ago they pulled out that. 12 and 0 year. Yes. Right. It was a very weak schedule. We know that. But where is Jack Cohn at quarterback? And I, I think Wisconsin ahead. is going to have to rely on what they always rely on. Year in and year out. Year right? in and out. Jonathan Taylor is a freak, by the way. Um, so I I went back and I looked over some tape from uh from this year because I was trying to uh, this was all into who I was gonna put my bets on for the Heisman. Um and every single play Jonathan Taylor was running, he was running against a loaded box. Every single play. And, and when I was watching it, it wasn't like there was this magic hole that he that that was there. Like he was making the hole. And then what's really special about him is you think about players in the second level. What do running backs do when they get to the second level? Good running backs fight for more yards and break tackles. One thing about Jonathan Taylor, he gets to that second level. Whether there's a guy who's trying to stand him up or all he has to do is sidestep somebody, he's always fighting for more yards, and whether that's four yards or a touchdown, that's really special. Jonathan Taylor, 29 touchdowns in two years. Insane. He keeps this offense moving. 2,194 yards last year. The offense will go as far as he carries them. Brutal crossover schedule. Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. Are you kidding Play me? Play the top three teams in this conference. Because of that crossover schedule, this could be a seven-win Wisconsin team yes. just because of the sheer difficulty of the schedule. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that, as is typical with Wisconsin, I don't see it from the quarterback position. Now, I did see that they got this kid, Graham Mertz, coming in at quarterback, one of the most highly anticipated true freshmen in school history. Wouldn't be surprised to see him stepping in in the second half of the year. I mean... You've got to find a quarterback. Could you imagine if they get a quarterback with that running game, with that offensive line? Right. That's all they've ever needed. Yeah. I mean, same with Iowa. I just don't I don't understand why these pro-style offenses haven't been able to find that guy. And, and, and Iowa's had some really good quarterbacks, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, obviously, Wisconsin had Russell Wilson, but that was years ago at this point. But especially recently. Recently, uh, The quarterback sure. play has just been horrendous for the Badgers. Uh, so for them to take a step forward, that's going to have to change. All right. Michigan State at plus 1,200. Another similar story. One of Mark D'Antonio's worst offenses in his Michigan State tenure last year. Brad, they scored 13 or fewer points in five of their six losses last year. 
13 or fewer points in the Big Ten East is not going to get not, anything done. Not at all. You cannot rely on one of the elite defenses coming back again this year, but you cannot rely on your defense when you're scoring 13 points. Right, and, and that's another good point that, that got overlooked is that they did have an elite defense last yes. year, but nobody saw or cared because no. the offense couldn't score anything. Lorke's got to be the guy, and he's got to be healthy. Got to be healthy, most and, important. Dude. And they still have weapons. I mean, I was high on them last year. I yes. was. I picked them to win the damn conference. They got derailed by injuries. The stars never really panned out. With that elite defense, you've just got to make some plays on offense. But again, th- this is kind of a... I'm not high on Lorke. Even after what he had two two seasons ago, he had... Two or three, like, 350-yard games? Yeah, I, he, he showed promise. Yeah. And, and I'm not really high on him anymore either. And I think it's almost this um, changing of the guard in the Big Ten where these style offenses are just not working anymore. No, I saw I saw a couple people pick Michigan State as their sleeper team. In the, I'm, I mean, the odds are great for a sleeper team, but they cannot get it done in my eyes. Not with Lewerke. There was Under that. Uh, there was that one year. I think it was 2015, where Michigan State and Iowa were undefeated in the Big Ten championship. Yeah. I don't think we'll ever see anything like that again. But uh, I've seen stranger things. All right, uh, we got Purdue at plus 1200, which I, I think is a little bit high for Purdue. Um, you know, I since last year and this year, I'm going to pick them as my surprise team because I think that they are taking good strides. I mean, just yeah. if you watched the Ohio State game last year, they rolled the Buckeyes. Yeah, they yeah, rolled a right. really good Buckeyes team last year. Uh, Jeff Brom declines to go back home to Louisville. He wants to stay at Purdue. Another top 25 recruiting class. And one of the most electric players in the country in Rondale Moore. And and if you look at the ESPN uh, previews and you listen to the experts, everyone cannot wait to see this kid play football again. Oh, yeah. All right. We have Minnesota plus 1,700. Uh, they're also taking big strides. I mean, this is the thing about this the West. Is, Minnesota is an actual team that I, I feel would be a, le- a legitimate sleeper pick, especially at plus 1,700. Yeah. So much youth. Yes. Alternated between two freshman quarterbacks and two freshman running backs last year. Yes. And played a lot of good games. Row the boat. Who's next? All uh, right. Iowa. Okay, so this, I think, is low. Okay. Iowa at plus 2,000, I think should be a much bigger favorite because I actually think that Kirk Ferentz has a really strong team going into this year. And with Nate Stanley coming back for his third year at uh, under, under center, center yep. that's what I really like about them this year is that stability at quarterback. Uh, the crossover games, Rutgers, Michigan, Penn State, pretty tough, but to be fair, yeah, everyone's got They get Penn State at home, though. Rutgers at home at Michigan. Let's talk about Northwestern. The for defending a West champions. Okay, I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure if they announced Hunter Johnson as the starter. Um, uh, right, but, but, but I think I think we can assume that he will be. I'm so confused about this team. Great defensive team, always always needing a, an electric quarterback. But is Hunter Johnson the answer? He couldn't get. He couldn't win the job. He was supposed to be the the heir apparent to Deshaun Watson. Couldn't win the job behind Deshaun Watson when he's at Clemson. But honestly, you think about it, Northwestern doesn't need him to be great. They just need him to be better than everyone else they've had. Yeah, and what what it comes down to at Northwestern is winning the close games, yes. which is what they were able to do down the stretch last year. I mean, I, I still cannot believe 
uh, what was it, an eight and one record? I think they finished with yep. in the Big Ten last year. Unbelievable. Uh, they have a much tougher schedule this year and much tougher competition. But Northwestern is, is another team that absolutely they could repeat as West Division champions. Hunter Johnson was a former five star quarterback. Yes, I mean the kids got an the exciting five star quarterback at that. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald's defense is always good. Rem- remember this name. I think Patty Fisher is going to be uh, an NFL draft prospect going into the spring. All right, uh, I'm just going to touch on these last four teams real quick at the yeah, bottom of the barrel. you run through it. Go ahead. All right, Indiana. Since 2013, the Hoosiers are 2-22 and against the Big Four out of the East. Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State. And when you've got to play those four teams year in and year out, and you're a program like Indiana, that is absolutely brutal. Uh, Maryland bringing in your boy Mike Loxley this year. Yep. And he um, somehow got his, his style quarterback he wants. How about Josh Jackson? Wow. I... Virginia Tech transfer, I believe he's starting, right? Yeah, he's starting. I think he got the starting job, so there's there's some hope on the horizon for Maryland. Lovey Smith is still trying to fix things at Illinois, and you've got Chris Ash, probably his last chance uh, at Rutgers. They are double digit underdogs in ten out of twelve games. All right, Brad, who do you got coming out of the West? I'm so boring. I have North, I have Northwestern coming out of the West. And I think that's just because I want to root for Hunter Johnson because I want them to finally have a good quarterback, a good offense to pair with that elite defense. Hey, Northwestern won this division by three games yes. last year. Tough game to start the season at Stanford, by the way. Very intriguing. And we haven't gotten to talk about that game yet. Yes. I'm going to have to get your thoughts on that. Uh, for me, I think this year, the West division will run through the Heroes game. Iowa and Nebraska. Oh. Black Friday, last weekend of the year, the winner of that game will win the division, and I think that Nebraska. Scott Frost gets it it done in year two. I'm on the train. I'm on the train, Brad. I'm riding the Scott Frost hype this early. Uh, But as I said, I could see Iowa taking it, Wisconsin, or Northwestern. It's it's always an exciting division to watch uh, unfold, but... As per usual, I don't think it matters who makes it to Indianapolis because the winner of the East is going to be the Big Ten champion. It will come down to Ohio State, Michigan in Ann Arbor. And Ohio State is going to take it again this year. And Jim Harbaugh will officially be on a sizzling hot seat in Ann Arbor. I've always wondered like, what Michigan fans thought about the fact that Jim Harbaugh can never beat Urban Meyer. But I think this is the year we are surprised. And Michigan takes not only the East... But the Big Ten title. Big Ten title. So so you got Michigan and Northwestern. Okay, yes. so you got Michigan uh, winning it. I've got Ohio State beating Nebraska. We but actually dude, have different winner picks. Your game would be a much better, much better game to watch. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> That'd be so fun. Yeah, Ohio State-Nebraska would be a great matchup. I think that, that Ohio State-Nebraska will be a great matchup for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with that electric Scott Frost offense, so... I'm just trying to make sure there, there wasn't anything else I wanted to say about, about my conference. I, I I just can't wait to see how it unfolds. And I think once again, it's going to come down to, to the game, Ohio State-Michigan. I wouldn't have it any other way. I like that because of how much deeper the conference is getting, yeah. that the schedules are getting much tougher. Yep. And I'm hoping that leads to more top 25 matchups. That's all I can hope for. That'd be exciting. So the only thing I want to say is someone fire Lovey Smith. My man's won, what, four games, uh, Big Ten games hey, in trying, three seasons. Man. He's trying so many different things. God, poor, poor guy. guy. just can't make it happen. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of What's the Spread. As always, be sure to download our podcast on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. Be sure to comment, rate, like, and subscribe. 